0: Welcome to the podcast. I am Duelle here with my dad. I'm Rick. Thanks for being here today. Dad, I want to talk about playing offense as a Christian. And the reason this this thought came to my mind is, um, I, I gr- growing up, I was a very aggressive individual. That's probably what got me in trouble a lot of times. I would speak out all the time about anything, I, any injustice I saw. I would speak out. Uh, sometimes I would act out <laughs> against yeah. any injustice I saw. And I really thought it was righteous what I was doing. I, you know, I saw something that was wrong and I would address it. And it was, and I, I'm wondering, it got me in trouble all the time it with, with Christians. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering, and, and I've, I've, I feel like sometimes I'm half the man I used to be now because I've had it kind of beaten out of me. But where is a place for aggression and taking the offense, playing the offense as a Christian? Because there's so many verses in the Bible about humility and meekness. And we watched our, our, Figurehead, the savior of the world, Jesus. Who, man, when he could have called down, I mean, he could have called down fire. He could have called down an army of angels to slay yeah. everyone around him. He passively just took it. And and I hear some Christians, particularly maybe in the political realm right now, they're like, "Christ, the reason the world's going to hell in a handbasket is Christians haven't been aggressive enough." And I'm like, yeah. I don't know if it's that clean cut. What what's your take on that? Well it's
1: interesting first peter uh, chapter 2 it talks about that situation where Jesus it says when they hurled their insults at him he didn't retaliate mm-hmm. okay so did he do nothing he says when he suffered he made no threats which man can you imagine <laughs> can you uh, up on the cross it would have been very easy to look down and say okay buddy your day's yeah, coming that's right you're looking up at me now but you're going to be looking up at me in a different situation in a Few years from now. I know, know the number
0: of hairs on your head and <laughs> what's coming to you. Right? That's right. <laughs>
1: So he could have done that, but he, he made no threats. And it says, then he said, instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And it occurred to me some time ago that it looks like he did nothing. He did nothing. He didn't retaliate. He made no threats. He did nothing, but he did do something. He entrusted himself. He very aggressively entrusted himself to God. So in other words, Lord, I, I, this is you. I'm doing this. This is Fulfilling your will, so he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. I think there is a real key in there. Why could he entrust himself to the Father? Because he knew the Father was going to judge him justly and find him, you know, without sin. And so I think many times we want to be the judge. We want to be the one that's carrying out the action. We want to be the judge that the judge and the executioner.
0: That feels very good when it you get does. to
1: do that. Yes. Yeah, uh, because then justice from your very limited perspective <laughs> is achieved. And that's the problem. It's from our very limited perspective. We really don't oftentimes know the whole story or what's going on and, or the backstory of what's happening or what led up to this. And so uh, I think we have to be very careful in, in um, especially because aggressive tends to have this term where we're really out there doing something and making the difference and changing things. And, we have to remember that our we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Who
0: is the enemy? Mm. And the enemy is not the ones we see. So, okay. So there's there's that side of Jesus. Didn't hurl insults. But then there's Jesus who comes in and right. he calls people a brood of vipers, just lashing out with his words, whitewashed sepulchers. And he's knocking over, um, you know, in the temple, he just, he went ballistic. He's knocking over like tables and screaming, right. you're, a, you're a bunch of thieves. Uh that was pretty aggressive. That was. But if you'll notice,
1: <laughs> when he was aggressive there, I, I looked at this one time because I thought there's two or three times it says Jesus got angry, mm-hmm. uh, and that was one of them. Uh, it does, I don't think it says he got angry there, but it's pretty evident by his actions he did. Yeah. But there's a couple times it says, and he, he got angry, he got angry. Every time he got angry, it had nothing to do with him. It wasn't that he was being mistreated, but it was for the kingdom of God. He saw that, well, the, the situation in the temple was a matter of there was a special part set aside for the temple where the Gentiles could draw close to God. They couldn't go into the inner courts or anything, but there was the court of the Gentiles. Well, hey, with all this religion and the way it was being carried out, no Gentiles were interested in that. And so they said, well, let's just use this area to set up and sell sheeps and goats and sacrificial animals and stuff. So by being there, they had, he said it's to be called the house of prayer for all nations. But by setting up their sales Booth there. there was no place for the Gentiles to come. Mm-hmm. So his upsetness was the fact that it's no longer a house of prayer for all nations and he came to open the way for all nations. So he had to clear out that spot so that I mean symbolically so that the Gentiles would have a place to come. So it was a big deal, but it was it wasn't like he was he was offended. it was an offense for the kingdom of God and for other people.
0: Okay, so there is an element of being aggressive for the sake of others. Yeah. And the other times when he was aggressive,
1: or not aggressive, but when he was angry, is when he he asked, Should I heal this man on the Sabbath? And they looked around, they wouldn't say anything. And he was angry with them, it says, because they had no compassion for a man that was sick. You know, right. all they were concerned with was the law. Oh, you're gonna you're messing with the Sabbath. And so when they had no compassion for the poor, when they had no compassion for the needy, that got him angry as well. And so his 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 anger was always generated over concern for others, okay. not for his own well-being.
0: So I've seen a lot of Christians in the name of defending the poor do some pretty nasty things. Mm-hmm. Uh so that that gets tricky. It, yeah, it does. It it does. And it was what what Jesus did, was that a
1: nasty thing as far as driving people out of the temple or whatever? You don't know. It was, again—
0: Well, to those guys that were trying to make their living there. They might have thought it was. Yeah, exactly. But again, they had no business being where they,
1: where they were. I think another side we need to look at it is take another example, one we can who's a little less God, you know. Uh, Moses, for example. It says he was the meekest of all men, and yet he was a very—he was very powerful um but I think of when, when there's a story in there about uh, Korah mm-hmm. who rose up in rebellion against Moses. And I remember reading it one time. And it, was, it just really impacted me because it says that the chapter starts, I, I can't remember, Exodus 9 or 19 or something. I don't remember where it is. But it says Korah rose up against Moses. And what happens when somebody rises up against us, what do we do? We usually rise up against them. But the very next verse or two verses down, it says Moses fell on his face before the Lord. So I realized, wow, that's really what the Christian or the spiritual leader is called to do. When there are those rising up against us, they rise up, we fall down. We humble ourselves. We entrust it to the Lord. Because that's what he was doing. He was saying, Lord, uh, you see this rebellion here. (laughs) You take care of it. If I'm the one in the wrong, then take care of me. If they're the one in the wrong, take care of them. And as you know, God destroyed Korah and all of those that were in the rebellion against him. Against Moses, defended Moses, but it's if Moses had risen up on his own, then I think the Lord
0: would have withdrawn His judgment from it and said, "Okay, Moses, handle it." So, a lot of Christians, let's bring this down to down to home. Mm-hmm. A lot of Christians right now, looking at the political situation, feel like some major injustice has happened. Mm, there probably um, has been, yeah. And there's there's a sense of the Christian. We if we don't stand up for righteousness right now, it's going to all come crumbling down, mm-hmm. and where where does the Christian need to take a stand on on aggression in that case? Because well, let me ask a question real quick here. Because
1: as you may know, there was a coup recently in Myanmar, uh, formerly Burma. Okay. There was a coup there. The, uh, there have been a bunch of those. There's one in Peru recently too. Yeah. Okay. okay so yeah. there's been these coup, coups. Uh, what should you do about that? Uh, probably <laughs> I can't do anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> For, probably nothing. It's not my country. It's not my business. Okay. We're from a different kingdom. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. I live in the United States. I love this country. I'm called to pray for it. Pray for the place where you are, that there might be peace when you're dispelled. You know, he said, pray for the cities that you're in, that there might be peace there. But there are those who are called to the realm of politics, but most of us as Christians are not. Mm. If that is your realm of influence where God has called you, then you need to be aggressive in doing that.
0: If not, then what business is it of yours? You're of another kingdom. Well, and and you know that's that's the interesting thing is I think a lot of the stress that we feel is nobody's doing anything, mm-hmm. and so we're carrying just an anger or, or something with us about something we can't. We really, I mean, you got to vote for the people that you want to stand up for you, and if they don't yeah. stand up for you, then vote for other people. But within the context of what we have right now, voting is the the answer. Uh, to, I mean, to you, yeah. you, that's the only influence you have maybe calling your congressmen and stuff like that i guess too yeah you can do those things but you know going back to the situation where jesus went
1: to the temple think about this when he came into jerusalem he walked past many many roman guards that were oppressing the people mm. that were unjust unjust that were cruel that were oppressing the jewish people did he say anything to them? <laughs> didn't even say anything to him where did he go he went to the temple and something as minor as selling goats and chickens or, well, not chickens, but whatever they were selling for the sacrifices yeah. in the temple, that's what he took action on. Why? Because that impacted his kingdom. Mm. The Roman thing, all that stuff, that's their kingdom. That's the kingdom of this world. And and it, it's really none of my business.
0: So when is it time to get aggressive uh, and when is it time to leave it to the Lord? I leave it to the Lord. Well, that again, that's what Jesus did.
1: He aggressively entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. But when
0: is it time to get aggressive,
1: do you think? Probably all the time, entrusting it to the one who judges
0: justly. So we're called to aggressively pursue passive <laughs> Isn't
1: that What, it's what not is that? Passive, it's aggressive in a different way. It's aggressive in a spiritual
0: realm. It almost it's almost aggressive toward your own natural tendencies. And yeah. maybe that's where Christians are always called to be. I, that's what I would, per, I would well, conclude yeah, is that perhaps. we're always called to be aggressive against the thing within us that wants to do the opposite of what God calls us to do.
1: That's yeah, where the aggression... That would be good because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like what the, the Muslims say, jihad. Uh, if you actually read the Quran, jihad is physical war, but they've modified it to say jihad is that battling within me. And that's exactly what we are called to do is to battle the old nature within us, the old flesh within us, the old character within us, which would cause us to rise up and get angry and feel like I've got to make this right and I've got to bring justice to this situation. And that's not what Moses did. He fell down. That's not what Jesus did. He entrusted himself.
0: That's, I mean, that's, yeah, you're right. That's, and that's so counterintuitive to everything because we are focused so often on the externals and it's like, we're We're a good Christian when we're making external change yeah, to the not. systems around us. Um, which is again, we which is the total opposite of everything Christianity believes. We believe that all transformation yeah. starts on the inside rather than outside. And so yeah. many of the philosophies of the world, materialism, dialectal materialism, it starts on the outside. You change the environments, and people will change inside. But really, it's you can change in any environment, which is hope for anybody, no matter how bad the situation is. Right. Yeah. If you're aggressively pursuing internal change, being yeah. transformed by the renewing of your mind. That So we are called to be aggressive as Christians, but it's not outward aggression. It's inward aggression, attacking those things. Um, that and realizing our battle is a spiritual battle. It's not
1: against flesh and blood. And I know somebody out there is probably thinking right now, well, what about Gideon? You know, he went
0: out and destroyed the enemy. You know, what about- There's a bunch of guys him? in the Old Testament like yeah. that. Yeah. What, E-hood that ran the guy through with the sword through his, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of guys like that. But if you'll realize that what is physical in the Old Testament was- was written for us, I think it says it at least twice, and I think three times in the New Testament, what was written in the Old Testament was written for us, for exhortation, for warnings, for encouragement. And what was physical there was a picture of us for spiritual reality. Mm. And so that's why Paul says in the New Testament, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That was a battle. They saw that against flesh and blood, totally destroy, mercilessly destroy the enemy. And that's what we do today is mercilessly destroy the enemy, but we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against two things. One, the forces within us, and then secondly, against principalities and powers in spiritual spiritual places. And so our battle is against the spirit, but it's so hard to keep that in focus because we see what's going on around us, and particularly we hear what's going on around us, and we're shaped by the news so much that whatever the news thinks is important is what we think is important because that's the only information we really have.
0: That's Second Corinthians ten fifteen. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedience to God. That's all internal aggression. That's the right internal thing. warfare. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. And then Ephesians talks about the external against the principalities and powers and spiritual yeah. uh, wickedness. So yeah, we've, we are engaged in a battle and, you know, during the Vietnam War, they used to say, um, what if they gave a war and nobody came? You <laughs> like know? a
0: hippie song? Yeah, yeah. hippie,
1: hippie <laughs> saying. But I always I always applied that to the scripture. What if they gave a war and only one side knew they were engaged in it? Uh, which side's going to win? The side that uh, knows a yeah, battle's going on. True. I think many times we don't realize we're engaged in a battle, and so who's going to win? The guy that knows a battle's going on. He's the one going to win. And, in fact, I, I tell a story. I pulled up to a stoplight one time, and there was this... Uh, uh, I was pastoring pastor in a church and a guy was a Christian guy. And um, he came up to me and he was going to hand me a track. And I go, oh, thanks, brother. No, thanks. But, you know, I'm a Christian. So save it for somebody. Says, oh, you're a Christian. Great. Praise God. He says, what's your battle plan for today? And I sat there, the uh, just trying to go home for lunch is what I thought. <laughs> Fortunately, the light turned red. And he says, well, if you don't have a battle plan, you can't win. You know and I yeah, thanks, thanks. Drove off, but I'm right, really Okay, turn green.
0: He's yeah, there, I'm sorry, yeah, the light yeah, turn turned green turn so, green, so okay. I could
1: get away from it. <laughs> but I thought but I thought, man, that it really impacted me. Wow, you're right. If I don't have a battle plan for a day, how am I gonna win? Mm. Or if I don't even realize I'm in a battle, I gotta know I'm in a battle because I am in a battle every day against the forces within me and against the spiritual forces around me.
0: Which leads me to a verse I wanted to bring up and you you segued it perfectly. Um there's this verse. It's a famous verse among aggressive Christians. <laughs> it says the kingdom of God suffers uh, yeah. violence and the violent take it by force. There was a Carmen song back in the day that that, oh, that was uh, one of the lines, it's like the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Um, <laughs> that That's not, they've, they've used that as like, let's just go take on the world for the kingdom of God and bring, you know, yeah. that, that's a, almost a, like a talk about Jihad, that Christian Jihad. Yeah. Um, What's your take on that That interpretation of that? Is that that internal battle that he's saying that the violence is that, because he's re- referring to John the Baptist. He says, truly I say amongst the born of women, there has risen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet one who is at least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And all the prophets in the law prophesied of uh, until John. Um, he is Elijah, he is to come. Here's the, it's a weird verse. He yeah, has ears to hear, is. let him hear. What, That's one of those that when I'm teaching verse by verse through the scripture,
1: I skip that one. <laughs> I have really no idea what it means, but it's so contrary to others. I mean, we know there's no, uh, what would you say, a conflict there with other scripture, but I think you, so that's one of those that I take in the whole context of scripture. And I just assume at this point in time, because I have no direct revelation on it or understanding, haven't spent a lot of time studying it. Um, or praying about for understanding of it. I just assume that it's probably talking about internal.
0: I don't really know. I'm guessing a lot of people haven't taken time to really study it because they use it in the name of, yeah. if Christians were forcefully advancing upon the earth, none of this bad stuff would be happening.
1: And, and I always I, look at that and I go, okay, so you could preach that to the first
0: century church too. Yeah, like what's the deal, guys? Yeah, like, there are or, people still being, being martyred. The, or to the son of God who happened to be on earth. <laughs> yes, you didn't do much
1: to change anything, Jesus. I mean, those Pharisees still hated you when they nailed you to the cross. So oh, you must've been a failure. Oh my goodness.
0: Well, I think it's a, an interesting thing because I know so many times we feel helpless uh, to change situations around yeah. us. Yeah. And when we're in those situations that, uh, again, my na- na- natural aggressive nature says, there's nothing I can't change You know, if I just, by the force of my personality, put enough into it. But we're we're facing a lot of things right now in this world that they're just not going to change by any other force within our power. Yeah. Um. There's there's a lot of forces at work that are literally spiritual forces. Um, and there, you know, all the things we so many of the things we're dealing with the pandemic, uh, government situations, and the aggression needs to be. Essentially turned inward on. That's where Jesus, are you taking, are you checking the log that's in your eye before you go yeah. after and, you know, go after the speck in your brother's yeah. eye? And that's where I guess aggression comes into play. There is an aggressive element of it, but it's aggressively surrendering your desires, aggressively surrendering your will. Um, like Jesus, with that first verse you mentioned, he, you know, he um, entrusted himself, ing- aggressively entrusting your fate to God, which in some ways that takes more. It does More fortitude does. than actually lashing out in, your, in the name of I'm an aggressive Christian. Yeah, going out and destroying something makes
1: you feel good. You feel like you've accomplished something. But to sit back and say, okay, I'm entrusting, you know, would I'm sure it would have made Jesus, the old flesh of Jesus feel good if he would have, you know, just destroyed all those guys, you know, big flash bomb, boom, and the whole Pharisees and everything. And he comes down off the cross, would have looked great, but it was not God's plan of the kingdom. And so we've got to keep our focus on the fact that what does this have to do with me? Because I think that's what Jesus maybe did when, you know, many, a guy came to him, hey, Jesus, make my brother divide the soil. He says, what's that, what's that got to do with me? What's that got to do with me? You know, we're of another kingdom. Mm-hmm. We've got to keep our mind on the fact that we're for another kingdom. And if we're living for another kingdom and keeping our focus on another kingdom, then the things around us don't
0: really impact us as much as the eternal things. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want more information from Joel or Rick, you can visit joelmalm.com or rickmalm.com. Please consider leaving a review of the podcast.